right. It's time for the Weekly Review, a podcast for people who want to do a better job of organizing their lives. Whether you are new to task management or you've fallen off the wagon a few times, this podcast is for you. Now, if you haven't done your weekly review yet, hopefully this podcast will inspire you to do so when you finish listening. I'm Jean McDonald, and I am here with my good friend and co-host, James Dempsey. Hi, James. How are you doing today? Have you done your weekly review? And what's that inbox total look like? Hi, Jean. I'm doing pretty well today. Um, I have not done my weekly review today. I have it scheduled for tomorrow. Uh, a week, mm-hmm. so it's a, a weekly plus one day review, and mm-hmm. um, my inbox has ballooned up to twenty eight messages. Woo. I uh, haven't had a chance to go through and process some stuff, uh, but uh, that'll happen soon. <laughs> well, my inbox is at thirty eight messages, so I, I'm every week trying to like. St- hold myself to like a a line I won't go above and try to like make that line much closer to zero than it's been, but still 38 beats like 140. Um, Absolutely. um, It really makes a big difference. And of course, 140 beats 16,000. So let's not forget that we are way ahead of the game compared to where we were when we started this podcast. Absolutely. And I mean, an inbox is a place to put stuff until you get a chance to process it. So having some stuff in your inbox on occasion, you know, it's bound to happen. That's what it's there for. (laughs) But inbox four is not as catchy sounding as inbox zero. And I believe that is why inbox zero took off. Very true. So we're releasing this podcast right before the winter holidays. It's going to be Thanksgiving very soon here in the U.S., and then there's all the December holidays and New Year's Eve, and next thing you know, it'll be 2019, and we'll be putting up new calendars and getting ready for another year of productivity. And I think it's kind of ironic that we have the least productive holidays of the year, and then we have (laughs) New Year's Day where we decide, and now I'm really going to be productive. Well, exactly. (laughs) Um, And I think it will be interesting, you know, as we get closer to New Year's Day to talk about, you know, what we do in anticipation of a new year, if anything. But right now, I just wanted to talk about littler holiday hacks that help us get through this period of time where we're likely to be traveling or we're not going to work or the office is closed or um, we eat things all the time. We eat all the things. <laughs> we drink all the things, potentially. And, and we um, also have shopping and budgeting that goes out of whack. So we're not going to solve all those problems today. <laughs> we would probably not solve hardly any of them. But I think in that category, um, I'd like to talk about things and share and get ideas from you of ways that you cope with the holidays um, that fit into some of the themes of our podcast. So I will start if um, sure that's okay with you, James. And one of them is uh, to book travel to and limit it to the, the fewest number of days that really makes sense. 
So, for example, I almost always go up to Seattle to stay with friends. And I used to go from like Christmas to New Year's um, because, hey, you know, the week is kind of a week off. And I'm going up there anyway. And I love my friends in Seattle. And we don't get to see each other as much. And since I'm already there, I might as well stay for like five, six, seven days. But man, it just always would kill my productivity at the end of the year because staying in somebody else's house on somebody else's schedule, um, it's, it, you know, and a time where we, we do sit around and, and do a lot of eating and watching movies or going out to the movies. It's a great time, but it doesn't need to be seven days. It finally dawned on me that why not cut this down by a few days? And so now I go for three nights and it's good. I don't get like kind of sluggish and tired and, and, uh, and as I often would like the fourth or the fifth or mm-hmm. the sixth day and three days is good. And if you, I think I used to feel like, well, I'm buying the train ticket or whatever. I'm driving all the way up there. I must maximize the amount of time to make it worth it, you know, for the travel and the expense that I go through. And now I just think, hmm, if I go for three nights, I'll really live it up for three days and not worry about trying to make it through a whole week. <laughs> and right, I'll, right. I'll be home for a few days uh, without um, any kind of holiday obligations, and that would be a good time to regroup and get back on track. So now I know some people love to travel, you know, and and be away for longer amounts of time. And in certain cases, I would do that myself, but I, I've really like cut down. It's the same with things like going to WWDC. I used to go for a whole week and then I say like, well, what if I came back a day earlier? What if I missed a few parties on Friday night or on Thursday night? <laughs> the only thing I can't miss is Wednesday night. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, and. I also find that, yeah, a shorter trip is definitely less disruptive. Um, but I end up going back east, uh, to visit my sister, mm-hmm. um, at Christmas time. And usually that ends up being at least a little bit before Christmas because I don't want to, one of my travel hacks is to try to, not travel when everybody else is traveling. Hmm. Um, and if you have the flexibility in your schedule to, and, and a place to stay, like mm-hmm. with your relatives, um, coming in a little early, like a day or two earlier than most people might be traveling and leaving a day or two after most people might be traveling, um, mm-hmm. is a, is something that I try to do. Um, but the other thing I find is that there's a difference for me, like sometimes I can travel and um, if I'm there, like there's a, there's kind of a sweet spot for a short trip where mm-hmm. it's almost like you're there and you might be able to defer things that are on your kind of to-do list for a few days mm-hmm. and then you get back and it's, it's almost like you're, you're not disrupting things too much. And then there's kind of a mid-length trip, which might be the worst. But then if you go for like, if you go for a couple weeks, yeah, um, then sometimes in there, like you're there long enough that you can kind of adjust 
and get into a little bit of a routine mm-hmm. in your new location. Um, so that's, that's what I try to do, either making it shorter or longer um, seems to be the way to go. And usually when I'm traveling back for the holidays, it usually ends up being on the longer side um, just because, um, well, I don't see my sister that often. Yeah. And um, – But the other thing that to me is a big holiday life hack is just setting your own expectations for what you will be able to accomplish. Oh, yeah. Right? Because like I know when I get to my sister's, like my schedule is no longer my own. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Oh, there's these people coming over. I don't know. Like I'm not in control of what's happening. Um, so exactly how much I'll be able to get done on any particular thing, I don't know. Um, but going in and knowing that mm-hmm. is so much more, uh, like it lets you be at peace with that situation. Um, as opposed to feeling badly that, oh, there's this bunch of stuff that I hope to get done, but I wasn't able to. Um, I know I'm pretty much. Some of it will get done, but probably nowhere near as much as would be if I was just at home. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a, that's a good point and a good piece of advice that applies all the time is setting the correct expectations <laughs> for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing you reminded me of talking about when you go, especially when you fly, I think flying is the most stressful Driving is getting more stressful. Just like driving to Seattle, for example, takes forever now during the holidays. Um, But flying has always been, you know, there'll be those days of holiday rush. I fly very often on the holiday itself. (laughs) Ah. And that's, that. I mean, that is an attitude Require that requires attitude adjustment, which is I'm not going to be there all day on that holiday. I'm not going to wake up, say, on Christmas Day and be in Seattle or be in Miami or whatever. I'm going to get there eventually. And because Santa Claus is not tracking my location anymore, <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to be. And there's not, um, you know, my my family, We we have only one kid left who, you know, is really into Christmas morning opening presents. And the rest of us are like, you know how nice it is when you don't have to open a lot of presents. <laughs> uh, so that, you know, there's less of missing that, you know, if you're a young family, I totally understand that you need to be there before Christmas Eve. But for uh, somebody like me right now, um, I've flown on Thanksgiving, I've flown on Christmas Day, I've flown on Fourth of July, and that I noticed that this hack is getting less effective. I think many other people have discovered it, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it used to be like a, a complete ghost town at the airport. Now it's a little more busy, but it's nothing like one of these crazy days um, right before a holiday. So, and then I guess another, um, like for me, because it is, you know, Thanksgiving and Christmas are pretty close together about, Mm -hmm. what, four weeks or so, Mm -hmm. um, is that I tend to go back for Christmas, but I never go back for Thanksgiving. Mm 
mm-hmm. um, I stay here. So one one way to deal with the holidays is to stay home. Um, <laughs> yeah. But um, <clears throat> uh, but yeah, just limiting like the when. Um, so I spend longer between Christmas and New Year's, um, but don't go on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, let's see. What else is a great – well, I think before the show you had also mentioned like gifts. Yes. And gifts, uh, gifting strategies. Do you have I, – I'm bad at gifting strategies. So oh, if really? you have any to suggest, <laughs> that would be fantastic. Um, don't give gifts. It sounds terrible, <laughs> but I have gotten more. I am not a. I'm not a Grinch. I'm just more of a minimalist. And so, if I would give somebody something, I I want it to be not something that will take up space in their their you know mm-hmm. home or car or whatever. Or something that they'll have to take care of and dust and eventually give away to Goodwill or whatever. So. I do um uh well here's a couple of hacks. I mean the adults in our family have been doing secret Santa for ourselves um the last few years. One of my sisters is not here during the holidays so she's in charge of drawing the names for everybody else like remotely and then we just give one gift to one of our, you know, sister, brother-in-law, um my brother's mother-in-law is involved and that's much better than buying a bunch of little gifts for um, for adults or honestly getting a bunch of gifts from a bunch of different people because I just don't need anything like that. So, so Secret Santa, it's not just for kids. I would look into it <laughs> if it makes sense for you to, to uh, minimize the amount of consumption, expense, and clutter in your family's lives. Yeah, and I always find, for me, gifts, sometimes you'll see something for someone and be like, oh, that's perfect. I know that it's exactly like they'll they'll love that and, you know. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's so hit and miss. Like, mm-hmm. like some years it's like, oh, I found the perfect thing mm-hmm. to give you. And some years I'm like, I, I got, like I have nothing useful to give you at all. <laughs> um, but I have to give you something. <laughs> Right. It can be it can be difficult, and I'm also am wary or, or try to be uh, try not to give folks like stuff that might be cluttery for themselves, because mm-hmm. um, it is also like oh my dad my dad would often give stuff that like it was like this beautiful little thing, but it's like well now what do I do with this thing? Yeah. Um, and then I know some folks um will give like donations mm-hmm. um in people's names as gifts mm-hmm. um that's a nice a nice practice i think yeah it's also you know it can be made fairly personal too so for example on kiva that's uh k i v a .org which um is a marvelous platform for micro lending um in other words making small loans to real small businesses all over the world, Mm -hmm. you have all these choices that you can make up front about the loan that you want to make. And so you can maybe tailor it to something that will be meaningful for that person. So for example, if somebody you know 
that you want to give a gift to has been, say, in the Peace Corps in um, Nigeria or something, you can definitely find a, a small one-person business in Nigeria to loan 25 or 50 bucks to. And I think that makes it interesting and nice for that person to follow along with that loan. And so that would be one way to give money. Um, mm-hmm. And with, uh, I think the minimum on Kiva is $25. So Yes. If you haven't checked out Kiva, I highly recommend it. I, I don't make a ton of loans there, but I always like to follow my loans. And the loans get paid back for the most part. So you do get to reloan the money and you get to pick out new entrepreneurs to um, help support. And I, I think it's just pretty fascinating. And um, I've done it uh, for also for the for my niece and nephews. I think that they found that interesting as well. It's almost like educational, right? <laughs> But of course, I also gave them stuff because they were kids and I mm-hmm. did not want to blow it <laughs> totally and become, lose my favorite aunt status. Uh, no, you wouldn't want to do that. <laughs> um, I do often send food presents to people because I know that they like a certain thing. They would like getting it and they will consume it and then it will be done. Uh, so that's not really a clutter present. It's potentially a, a health and diet issue present, but <laughs> that's not my problem. Once I send it to them, that's up to them to deal with that. That's right. You just provide the temptation. You don't force <laughs> them to eat the delicious thing that they shouldn't be eating. <laughs> yeah, I think those, those can be good presents and, uh, in fact, in the show notes, I'm going to link to a couple of things that I have um, used a couple of sites I've used for food presents that are pretty universal, like this place that makes their own olive oil in Sonoma. Um, everybody loves this olive oil when I send it to them, and that's not even unhealthy. That's true. Yeah, and I don't think I have any other good gift hacks. Mm. That is not one of my <laughs> areas of strength. <laughs> I mean, it's a really small hack, but I always buy those stick-on bows instead of ribbon because it's all going to get trashed in the end, and it's way easier for me to stick a bow on a box than tie it up with ribbon. Um, That is one of the downsides of living on my own is not having somebody to hold the ribbon while I tie the knot. (laughs) Well, and then a frugality sort of hack is to – save those bows and you can just curl up some scotch tape and yeah. just stick it back on next year. That's They true. don't go bad or anything. They no, look they just don't. as pretty. No, they're pretty sturdy. That's a good point. I should pay more attention to salvaging the ones that I can. Although in my growing up, mm-hmm. we would also save wrapping paper. Yeah. Like as in like the, the, <laughs> the steak knife would come out, so you would kind of carefully do the edges. And um, so much so that when uh, my folks came out to visit once, I actually bought a little set of steak knives and had a label maker so everybody had their own little, <laughs> little opener as wow. a joke. But everybody found it very useful. So, yes, I, yeah. I grew up in a very uh, wrapping – Paper and wrapping supplies 
mm-hmm. frugal environment, mm-hmm. like to the nth degree. Yeah. Wow. Um, <laughs> Actually, when you said label maker, I thought, oh, you know, that's a really good gift for some people. They don't realize like how their life could be changed. And that's a very getting things done gift as well. So that is trying, trying to be on topic. I love my little brother. Um, P-Touch. P-touch. So do I. Battery operated. Doesn't take up much room. Seems to be very sturdy because I bought it in 2006 when I first read Getting Things Done. And uh, I I can't imagine not having a label maker. I don't know how I made it to my mid-40s without a label maker. So I uh, also have a brother, P-Touch, that I don't even remember when it it appeared in the household. Um, <laughs> but it seems like it's been here forever and uh, – it also, knock on wood, never seems to run out of tape. Like, I just keep using it, and it keeps spitting out labels. And I I can't remember the last time I changed the, the label cartridge on it. Yeah. Um, so just don't get the kind of label maker, like, from that Seinfeld episode. Oh, I don't remember that Do you remember that one? that one? Yes, they were re-gifting the oh. label maker. Um, and yeah. apparently it, the labels didn't stick very well. Uh, And that's a spoiler alert for those who haven't (laughs) seen the episode from the 1990s. If you haven't watched it now, sorry. No, it's true that the brother tape does seem to last infinitely long, but it it will run out. And I I buy like two or three. I I always have two or three cartridges because I'm slightly afraid they'll just discontinue it. And I would like to have enough tape to last me until... I reached the advanced age of where I don't care about labeling anything anymore. I don't know. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, that's a solid gift choice for the uh, getting things done crowd. Share your love of labeling with uh, a family member or friend who hasn't discovered that yet. Who has uh, a bunch of stuff, but they don't know what it is. <laughs> yes. So they need to label it. <laughs> So, well, before we wrap up this episode, because Thanksgiving is also around the corner, I thought it would be nice because you suggested it, James, and <laughs> I I liked your idea of also mentioning something we're thankful for. Um, and I'm going to let you go first on that one. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there's a lot of things that I'm I thankful know. for. Um, something, is there something that, that fits into the productivity theme? <laughs> Well, this year, I have to say, I am really thankful for OmniFocus 3. It has helped a lot. Um, it sounds a little odd, maybe, to be mm-hmm. thankful for some software. software. Mm-hmm. Um, but I um, I also am really thankful to be doing this podcast with you, Gene. Um, it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, for the past, what, 31 weeks or so. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm really glad we had that conversation way back in, I think it was February or March, um, mm-hmm. and said, hey, let's do a podcast. Because um, it's been a great way to, uh, again, have a have a productivity buddy to, uh, yeah. to, to keep on top of things with. Um, but it's also great to just have a chance to talk with you every week. That's right. Um, I, um, I share that thankfulness for the podcast and for, uh, the 
chance for us to be productivity buddies has been um, very good for me and keeping me on track, even though it doesn't sound like it sometimes. <laughs> huh. um, if I go on the, the software, I'm thankful for category. You know, it's definitely Maelstrom because without it, I would have never gotten down to a manageable inbox or at least, you know, I don't think I would have because once I discovered that and I saw what I could do so easily with it, it was was a big deal. And it, it has really changed my attitude toward email a lot. And so that's a good thing. Um, and I have to add that I'm also uh, thankful for the iOS app, Chuck, by the same people, because I sort of go back and forth between the two, depending on which device I'm using. Um, but yes, I'm, I'm thankful for the people who helped us get to this point where we could make a podcast too. Um, I've been following podcasts for a long time and I just appreciate everybody who has, um, made good podcasts that I could be inspired by and also shared their knowledge about, uh, production and equipment and, Publication. I will say I'm I'm thankful for Micro.blog and Manton Reese for uh, adding microcasting support to that platform because it's pretty dead easy to put out a podcast now, um, and that's what I need is things to be as easy as possible. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, well, with that, I think uh, I will. Let us wrap this up. Um, listeners, if you have any holiday-related productivity hacks of your own, you know, something that makes this time of year less stressful or even great productivity gift ideas, share them with us. The ideas, that is, not no presents, please. <laughs> we, we, your we, presence is presence enough. Oh, nice one. Nice have one, you heard James. that one? Yeah. Mm. Uh, we can cut that part. No, I, I liked it. <laughs> You can find us on the internet at theweeklyreview.fm. On micro.blog, we are at The Weekly Review. And you can also find us on Twitter, um, where we're at Weekly Review FM. So all of those places would be excellent places to leave suggestions that we can uh, take advantage of and share with the community here. It would be great if you would rate or review this podcast, too. It helps new listeners find us. And it just it makes us smile to know that you like us, or at least that you care enough to send us uh, criticism, we'll take that too. (laughs) Uh, So, uh, But in the spirit of the holidays, we want you to know we appreciate you, and we're thankful for you listening. And we'll see you at the next weekly review. Thanks. You got some things you want to get done And still enjoy a bit of organizational fun 